Do you live in the middle of nowhere and feel separated from the church? Yeah, that's me. Or do you think the church is out of touch? Absolutely. Then this podcast is for you. Coming to you from the Diocese of Sioux City. What? Where the hell is Sioux City? Welcome to Outcast Catholic with your hosts, Father Sheen Demon and Father Travis Crotty. Hey folks, welcome back to Outcast Catholic. I'm Father Travis Crotty. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we are in a session of recording four podcasts in a row. So welcome back to back to back, back, to, back, to, back. to back to back. So if you are tired of this, so are we. No, we love being here for you and with you. And Father Shane has just found a new uh, fidget spinning toy on my desk. So if you have a You desk, have called me out on this before it's in previous kind of podcasts. Have I? No. Yes, you have. I think what's just surprising is you're the kind of guy who has usually laser focus, and uh-huh. I would be there. <laughs> I'm the guy who should be messing with that because I'm usually thing. the guy who messes with the mic stand. Yeah, but you're getting so much I better. The then pen. you're not tapping the microphone all the time. I'm growing. You're up. doing so much better. Growing up. Congratulations, um, Father Travis. Thank you, Father yes. Shane. <laughs> um, very I, patronizing I tone. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I really appreciate it, and we're just going to leave it at this level. Um, uh, Someone in the diocese recently, while we were together, might have referred to me as a kid. Yes, and I was impressed with your loyalty and response. And somebody said, "Hey, you got to teach this kid how to do this and this." This and your response was, "I was like, thanks, Dad." <laughs> it was like he's not a child; he's a priest of Jesus Christ. And I was like, "Ooh, let's go." So, well, sometimes with vigor needs a response of vigor, you that, know? And I responded with, well, learn how to send emails. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, that was, that was a good time. Um, oh, man, there was something right as the music was playing. I'm like, this, Best this is what we're going to talk about. Best banter ever, huh? Best banter ever. Well, we got the fidget spinners going well. Um, well, here's the deal. In an effort not to talk about just our travels, but I have to because this is important and it's going like, to lead into the topic. What do you got? I went to a new experience. Um, I know I've talked about, it's probably gotten annoying for some people who are like, what is this random thing you keep talking about? Keep talking about community liberation CL. Mm-hmm. Um, some people know what that is. Most people in Northwest Iowa have no idea what it is. Whatever. Right. Um, it's been interesting though. I've brought it up this year because it's been, I've been kind of following the movement, going to these weekly small groups where we mm-hmm. read just a small text, read, compare, share, compare that truth of that teaching of that text. Um, not from scripture, not that it's, <laughs> not that it's anti-scripture, but it's just like a teaching, mm-hmm. um, and say, okay, how is that true in my life? And then in this past week, how have I, how has Christ been meeting me? And then to share what, what are the, this is the word that I'm going to lead into eventually, but what are the judgments that I'm making from my experience of where is Jesus meeting me and what is he asking of me mm-hmm. and where am I saying yes to him or where am I saying no to him? Right. It's just a, it's just a method of living a, the Christian life, right? Mm-hmm. It's had an examination of my life and where I'm meeting Christ there. Yeah, people but, getting together for formation. Exactly, lay formation. And then I just happen to be a priest. What's mm-hmm. really cool, though, is that there's these different, as the movement's developed from when Father Giussani started in the 50s, as it's developed across the world, big in Europe, um, smaller presence here in the Midwest, but still decent in Minnesota and throughout the country, there's these different little events that happen throughout the year that kind of mark the life, not unlike this a seminary formation. Um, I was talking to somebody recently in that, there's a, a typical line that comes up where they're like, man, it'd be nice to have a seminary for women, like, or just the formation like mm-hmm. that, not women priesthood, but just people who know college seminarians, especially like, wow, that sounds awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you get to like live with these men who are intentionally 
discerning God's call for them, studying philosophy, eventually studying theology, having having like biweekly or weekly meetings surrounding your formation and your spiritual life and your you know mm-hmm. all these different things. Um, and as I was talking to these girls, they were part of this. They were we were at this event, and I said, "Well, that's what this is. That's what lay movements in the church are. They're a life of formation for." people right mm-hmm. and i think what's been neat in the context of our outcast catholic um topics, motif motif yeah that's good <laughs> genre of yeah motif is w- yeah with a lack of formation in the faith we do find ourselves outcast it's like mm-hmm. you kind of you kind of receive your you grow up you learn your prayers you learn to go to church you went to school whether that was catholic or public school and then maybe if you went to public school you had faith formation but a lot of times for a lot of people that's kind of where the formation of the faith stops and maybe mm-hmm. some people have have found podcasts. Maybe that's why you listen to ours. Some people have found things like Bible in a Year, Catechism Year with Father Mike Schmitz. People have found maybe different, like, you know, Dynamic Catholic Rites as books or parishes. So people find those. They really they really get attached to those. But I think a lot of people find themselves kind of floundering, mm-hmm. not knowing where's this growth come from in my faith. I keep going to Mass, but nothing really changes for me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I keep hearing these homilies from the priest, but maybe there's not really a context for much to change. So what I've just been so impressed by is watching – lay people take their lives seriously and really grow in the faith with this. So there's an Advent retreat. There's a Lenten retreat kind of regionally. There's a big conference once a year in New York City. Um, and then what I hadn't been to yet this year is the the vacation. So there's, a, there's different vacations throughout the country, but it all comes from this idea of Father Giussani saying, how do we spend our free time? Mm-hmm. And what's free time for? And he wrote a little kind of pamphlet on, on this idea of free time. But the Community Liberation University students, the CLU students, they have their own vacations. Um, GS is the high school version. They have their own vacations. But this was an experience of the family vacations. So it was mm-hmm. the upper Midwest. So it was like the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin, our little fledgling groups in Iowa. Right? Mm-hmm. So we're at this uh, <laughs> kind of uh, <laughs> kind of dingy old uh, Lutheran retreat center okay. right, at, right across the St. Croix River into Wisconsin, Um outside of Osceola, Wisconsin. So okay. just kind of the middle of nowhere in the in the hills of Wisconsin. So, right. of course, there was, you know, uh, big um, displays of spotted cow beer in all of the gas stations because it's only in Wisconsin, so right. you got to get it when you're there. Um, <laughs> people have thought us to be wild fans of spotted cow, and we've somehow inherited a lot of that in the past. <laughs> That's not necessarily the case. It's just kind of a fun novelty thing. Once sure. When so you're in... When in Rome, do as the Romans do. But just sometimes yeah. we've ended up with too much of that. So yeah. just, okay. just throw that out there. But okay. um, so it was really interesting. It was um, beautiful to spend. I mean, it was a real vacation that all these people brought their kids. There was a lot of younger families, older folks who've been in this movement for a long time. So like a lot of people who were actually related, but then a lot of people who've been living this way, in this way of formation, in this community for like 30, 40 years. So just to spend time with them was, was wonderful. Um, and what was really neat, though, was it's a lay movement. So when we were in, like, we, we had these little, like, you know, schools of community meetings in the evening, I felt like just another member of this group. They weren't just constantly looking to Father for all the answers or something like that. But what mm-hmm. I was shocked by was every time we prayed the Angelus, which is a big um, big prayer that's often used in the in the movement, or there's a, uh, a lot of intentionality behind that, um, they would always ask me to lead it or the other priest that was there. It's like, priest doesn't have to lead the angel's prayer. There's no mm-hmm. blessing involved with it or whatever. But there was always this, no, you're the priest. You're and gonna, they want to be deferential. You're going to lead us in prayer, right? Yeah. Or with a mass or with the sacraments too, which is helpful. All that is a context for the, the topic. The line that was the theme of this year's vacation across the whole world 
was this line from um, one of Father Jasani's seminal works called The Religious Sense that's trying to unpack what is this capacity that humanity has to like become aware of God's presence, starting at like a natural level, right? Where is the, what is this capacity that humanity has? He always says man, right? That's what people say in philosophy and theology, but then some men and women. Even at a natural level, like the, the capacity we have of wonder and awe at reality when we look at it, and then all of a sudden reality becomes positive, that it's like saying something, right? That we can experience God. So we're just stepping into this in our small groups reading this text, but there's this, he starts talking about, okay, we have these things that happen to us in our lives. The, lots of things happen. And he uses kind of his own like vocabulary, but he's, he's saying like it, it doesn't become an experience until we actually evaluate it. Otherwise, these things are just washing over us and happening to us all the time, right? As a really sanguine guy who just goes from one thing to the next, not ever thinking about everything, that's often how I can feel, right? A lot of things happen to me, but unless we use our reason to evaluate, like, what happened to me, and then he says, according to a criteria, well, what's the criterion of evaluating my experiences? Like, what's how I'm made and who God is, right? So if I'm paying attention to, oh, I have this original need for happiness, for truth, for love, for goodness, for beauty, all these different things, if that's what I'm made for, and this experience is kind of stirring that up, oh, there's something more there. And then all of a sudden it starts to turn into, well, where is God meeting me in my experiences, right? And this kind of examination of my life, like the Jesuits would talk about an examine, right? Where is God meeting me? He talks about calling that a judgment of saying, yes, this is where Christ has met me. And I've either said yes here or no to him, where he's like showed his face. And I need to, something needs to change my life. And this, this turns into this life of formation. So this line, he says, let us judge colon, this is the beginning of freedom or liberation, right? So what was interesting is as we let that be the theme of our, our vacation, this kind of retreat, this you know, time of free time, the question was always like, where are we making judgments on our experiences? So that the free time we spend isn't just time to hang out, isn't just time to kick back, it's actually time to be more intentional about how we're living, which was actually really restful. One of the little texts that we looked at over the weekend, talked about the difference between, he, Jusani talked about free time, and he said, free time is used well if you move from just living from instinct and reaction to actually living from reason. You're using it in a, in a, in a real way. That was my experience on this vacation, was that the more I actually made judgments on where Christ was meeting me as it was happening, the more free I was and the more restful I actually experienced it. However, I just experienced myself and so many other people almost living exclusively out of instinct and reaction and not out of this reason of, oh, I actually have a capacity to pay attention to where God is meeting me. When we just live out of instinct and just live out of reaction all the time, we feel especially isolated and especially alone and especially outcast, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm just, I have found it to be true for myself that the more I've paid attention to what's happening in my life, the more I've had an awareness of where God is meeting me, what's happening and how he's meeting me there, and then saying, yes, Christ is here, and yes, I want to follow him. Or I've said no to him here, but I want to start again and I want to follow him in a new way right now. That's given me a lot more freedom, and it's actually helped me follow God more closely in community. Right. So I know that was just like a little like account of what happened, but I just think that's such a helpful place to say, if we live out of just instinct, we're going to always feel more isolated. Mm -hmm. But if we come to a place of really like leaning into what it means to be human, 
to live out of our reason, to pay attention to what's happening, we can be drawn into more community. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing kind of the, the, the history and the little background of what your CL experience has been, especially what the whole movement of CL vacations are. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about my experience of listening to you talk, um, when you said the word judgment, mm. it's just interesting how in our culture, like I just felt like a little tingle in my neck. Like that, that word has almost become synonymous with hate speech. Yeah. You know, um, and there's nothing wrong with the word. Uh, we call, you know, people who sit on the bench in a courtroom a judge, right? It sounds bad. And yeah. I'm curious what the, I don't know what the Italian was that Giussani used, if it has the same connotation. I assumed it would because they haven't changed it over the years, you know? Yeah, judicare, maybe. I'm not quite sure. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. But, um, I mean, the word to, to judge is to make an assessment, mm. right? Mm. You know, it, it, you're, you're putting all the pieces together, you're gathering the facts, and then you're drawing the line in the sand, mm. right? And, and we do this all day long. When you're in the salad bar, you know, you, you make a judgment. I'm going to take the broccoli and not the cauliflower right. or whatever, yeah. you know. Yeah. We do this all day long. Yeah. And yet culturally, don't judge me. Don't judge me. Judgment is so bad. Oh, high school kids all the time. Yeah. All the time. Don't judge me. Right. Yeah. And it's, but what Jasani is saying here is we're, we're not judging people. That's obviously the Lord's job. Um, but he is inviting you to make a judgment on your experience right now. Where Where is this experience leading me closer to the truth, beauty, and goodness of God? Where is it leading me towards greater isolation? Mm-hmm. Uh, and judging on and making an assessment of that mm-hmm. is either going to provide you true refreshment on this vacation or not. Mm. And that just becomes a good paradigm for what, for what life is all about. But I, w- I was just noticing my reaction when you use the word judgment and, and the verb to judge. It's not something that we do often anymore. It's, it's, it's growing out of style linguistically. Linguistically it is. But then also I think in practice it is too. If making a judgment is making a decision, mm-hmm. right? I mean, that's, again, this courtroom language is what's so un- uncomfortable. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you can't judge me. You can't like place some sort of criterion on my life because you got to let me be me. You know, this kind of the relativism that's, that's, that's around, you know, mm-hmm. nobody can tell anybody else what to do. There has to be this tolerant, you know, tolerance of everything like we've talked about recently. Um, but I think what it just comes down to is making real decisions leads to more freedom. Mm-hmm. Living in indecision doesn't actually lead to more freedom, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's a classic way when we talk about freedom, right? It's, it's an idea of the ability to do whatever I want, right? All the options in the world, whereas more of like a, a real freedom, a freedom coming from you know, like virtue ethics is to say the freedom to do what I ought to do, mm-hmm. the freedom to do like what I'm made to do, the freedom mm-hmm. to do with corresponds to reality outside of me and like my own reality. It's like, that's real freedom. So there's just, a, I mean, a huge misunderstanding of what freedom actually is. This always comes up every 4th of July. We preach about it, everything. But to live that, the moral life stops being just a list of rules, a list of arbitrary rules from this big institution. And it starts to say, wait, if I'm made with a design from God, my loving father, and there's a way for me to live in relationship with him, right, that corresponds to the world around me and to myself, then to make decisions in accord with that is to actually live in the freedom of, of who I am, mm-hmm. right? I actually become more human, right? JP2 talks so much about that, like become, the world becoming more human, right? Mm-hmm. But gosh, I just feel like we as a, as a culture, as a society, as individuals, and I can say this for myself in a real way, it's like the base, the, the easy temptation is just to fall into indecision. 
right? We have so many options. You can do whatever you want. But then you just kind of fall into this like indecision and there's not a real, there's not a real growth that happens there. Mm-hmm. And we're actually become like a slave to the amount of options and then a slave to indecision rather than the freedom of what we're able to do. Mm-hmm. One last thing I'll say and then open to your thoughts. People look at the schedule of like monastic life or the schedule of a seminary that kind of is, you know, similar to that. And it looks like you have very little free time and it looks like your time is totally controlled and contrived. You are the dean of men in a seminary and sort of like, you know, create that mm-hmm. <laughs> environment, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like men have to ask you if they can leave on certain, you know, to, to be away from certain obligations. So there's like this obligation of the life that you're living in the seminary house of formation. From the outside, that can look like a wild lack of freedom that you're forcing these men to do all of these things, this forced march. The military could be seen in the same way. However, when you talk to people and we actually live it, I don't think it's just brainwashing, that just people are brainwashed enough that then they just think, oh, this is good for me. When there's this order that you can actually just follow, right? you can actually start to say, oh, this is helping me be who I am. And then you can actually choose within that framework out of a place of freedom. Mm-hmm. As a high school chaplain, you would, you would see this often when you see graduating seniors, they have been accepted perhaps to several different colleges and universities, and some of them then get paralyzed because they don't know what to choose. You know, I like this campus, uh, this campus is closer to home, this campus and this university is going to have more of my friends, or maybe this university is going to be more research-oriented, or this college campus has got a smaller ratio of faculty to students for, for better one-on-one mentoring or whatever. And sometimes you see them just locked in this paralyzed state where they can't make a judgment, they can't make a decision. Right. And then the minute they do, well, all of a sudden the freedom opens up. I mean, yes. they, they feel relief because they've made the decision and they're no longer suspended in that decision. Right. But the freedom also starts to unfold to say, okay, I have made a decision. Uh, I can now envision myself on that campus. I'm starting to work on my housing. I'm picking a roommate. I'm signing up for a meal plan. I'm considering the Newman Center. How I'll be friends there. Who? Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I'm starting to register for classes. This this course, this professor, this program of study starts to look interesting. And, and that's just one small example of how freedom starts to unfold when a judgment is made. And you're able to keep. You're able to start saying yes to all these different things mm-hmm. because you've said yes in a real way to like the first thing. Yeah. Right. Mm. So it, it is not, um, it's not a bad thing to exercise judgment. You can't live life standing out in the hallway, staring at a bunch of doors and never walking through any of them mm. and just permanently live in the hallway, right? Mm. Um, we have to make a judgment to say, in my assessment, in my prudence, in my prayer, and where I feel like the graces of the Holy Spirit are leading me, I'm going to choose this direction in life. That's a whole other discussion on discernment. But back to your original point with your whole vacation experience with communion and liberation, when Jasani is suggesting that we make a judgment, how is this experience really impacting my life and leading me closer or away from authentic communion, communion with others and communion with the Lord? Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're recording this in August. And it's going to be released towards the end of the summer. You know, so maybe our listeners might be invited to take a look back and make a judgment about their summer, mm-hmm. make a judgment about their recreation. Did those recreation opportunities, did the time I was afforded, um, the, the, the gifts that I was given by the Lord, did, did I actually capitalize on those? And can I make a judgment that the way I, I interacted with people and the opportunities I took 
led me into true refreshment because I was in greater communion with others living authentically, and therefore that draws me into a deeper union and relationship with the Lord when I'm alert to that, right. and when I'm open to that. Or, you know, could we do some soul searching and say, I need to make some adjustments in my life because I've made a judgment of how I spent this summer. But then I think what's so helpful is that when you do find yourself saying, oh, I do need to make some adjustments and corrections, it's always the invitation to begin again. Mm-hmm. I've got this poster from the movement behind your head right now, Father Shane, and it talks mm-hmm. about recommencing is a word very, this is a Father Jasani, recommencing is a word very close to the most Christian word, the ultimate Christian word, resurrecting. How many times have we been reminded that this is precisely why Easter is the main mystery, the great mystery of the Christian life? It is thanks to him who is among us that each of us restarts, recommences, each of us is reborn. Mm-hmm. There's always a hope. So it's like we don't just, so we, oh, I don't judge others, but now I'm going to judge myself really harshly. I'm either a really good boy or a really bad boy. It's like, no. Like, if it's a place that you said, oh, I wasn't experiencing freedom. It's like, great. It's time to start again. It's not time to just, like, beat myself up and become a really harsh judge of myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So good thoughts on, I'm, on judgment. I'm glad it was a great summer for you. Sounds like it was an awesome vacation, and uh, praise God for that. It was. It was good. Thanks, everybody. Folks, keep tuning in. We'll uh, keep bringing you more exciting Outcast Catholic episodes. See you soon. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.